Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Happy President's Day, everybody. Rob Manfred doubles down. The Astros will not go away. We've got position battles, player breakdowns. Fantasy Sports Today begins now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Happy Monday, happy President's Day, everybody. This is Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV network. I am Frank Stample. We'll be joined sporadically throughout the show today by Craig Mish via the phone line. I know Craig is out there getting ready for Marlins spring training. He's also got the Towers Draft and Hold Draft, which starts later on today, so we'll get his thoughts on that a little bit later on. I mentioned at the top here, Rob Manfred addressed the media over the weekend, basically doubling down on what happened regarding the Astros cheating scandal. Carlos Correa defends Jose Altuve. Man, whew, the gall of Carlos Correa here to defend Jose Altuve. We'll talk about that. And the potential of uh, hit-by-pitches when it comes to the Houston Astros this upcoming season for fantasy baseball in 2020. But before all of that, I welcome in Craig Mish. Craig, what's going on, man? How's your weekend? I'm good, Frank. What's going on? Good to be with you on this Monday. Yeah, I mean, this uh, it's interesting. You would think the Astros story would eventually go away, but it just keeps percolating, and there's new stories every day. But I'm looking forward to hopefully moving on from this pretty soon and getting into some fantasy. How about you? Same, man. Uh, Happy a new week is starting here on Fantasy Sports today. As we mentioned last week, we're going to start to dive into some position previews later on in the week. Not going to do that just yet today, uh, but happy to do so. Yeah, hopefully we can get this, you know, whole situation uh, kind of wrapped up here soon. It seems like it's never going to go away. Uh, Carlos Correa and the Astros are basically embracing the full heel you know, for all the wrestling fans out there. I do appreciate a good heel, but man, Carlos Correa is taking this to another level. We'll talk about the Astros more when we come back. But before we do that, we have a news update here from Sean Guastamacchia. Sports Grid News Update. Thank you, Frank. I am Sean Guastamacchia with your Fantasy Sports Today News Update. The Daytona 500 resumes today at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. The Great American Race was postponed after two extensive rain delays on Sunday. Ricky Stenhouse, your leader after just 20 of 200 laps. The current odds on FanDuel Sportsbook to win the Great American Race. There's three leaders. It's Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and Kyle Busch, all 10 to 1, followed by Kevin Harvick at 12 to 1, Martin Truex Jr. 12 to 1, Brad Kazlowski is 13 to 1. As for Ricky Stenhouse, currently on FanDuel Sportsbook, 
His odds to win are 16 to 1. All right, Major League Baseball. The Braves have extended their manager and general manager. That is Brian Snicker and GM Alex Anthropoulos for a couple of more seasons. Brian Snicker is in his fourth year with the Atlanta Braves. 318 victories. As for Anthropoulos, he is now promoted. He's also the head of baseball operations to go along with his GM title. His contract runs through 2024. Snickers' contract runs through 2021 season. And also in baseball, as we uh, talked about, as Frank mentioned, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, met with ESPN's Carl Ravitch and defended his punishment of the Houston Astros in the cheating scandal. All right, NBA action last night in the NBA All-Star Game under the new Elam ending rule. That means it's a target score, and this one was 157, and Team LeBron was victorious, 157-155 over Team Giannis. As for the MVP and the Kobe Bryant Award, it went to Kawhi Leonard. 30 points in the game. And one more NBA note, Cavaliers and coach John Beeline looks like they are going to part ways. Beeline in his first season as Cavaliers head basketball coach, just 14 and 40 on the season. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com, likely they will resolve his contract issue. He has a five-year deal that he signed just before the beginning of the season, and that will happen between 24 and 48 hours from now. All right, that is your Sports Grid News Update. I'm Sean Guasamacchia. Now back to Frank Stanfield. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Back to Fantasy Sports today here live on the Sports Grid TV network. I just want to get this out of the way at the top of the show. Just talk about this whole Rob Manfred doubling down on the punishments that he gave out to the Houston Astros. Uh, you know, he was asked a bunch of times yesterday, how come, over the weekend rather, uh, you know, why didn't they you punish the players here in this matter? And he basically said that the self-embarrassment, right, like that they're going to face throughout the course of spring training and the entirety of the season uh, was enough punishment for them. And, and again, he granted them immunity for testifying against the Houston Astros uh, throughout the course of all of this. So, you know, Craig, I don't know if you watched the interview, if you maybe read some transcripts. I mean, what was your takeaway from Rob Manfred basically doubling down and saying that, look, the Astros players are going to have to deal with, you know, the embarrassment of, you know, answering questions all spring uh, throughout the course of the season. Like, they're going to be heckled every single place that they go. Do you buy that? Does that make sense to you? Like, do you still feel like they should have been punished? Because, again, they were the ones that were doing this all along. Yes, while, you know, the GM and the manager should have, you know, led them in a better direction and stopped them from doing so, uh, it was still up to the players to stop doing it. So, you know, what do you think of uh, just Rob Manfred basically doubling down on this over the weekend? Yeah, I, it was really interesting because I think that if um, it seems like the commissioner has felt, feels like he made the right decisions, but I think is struggling with some of them, meaning that if he had to go back and do it all over again, I don't know, Frank, that he would have given uh, all of the players immunity in this situation. I think that the only way that the, all the truth could have come out was basically doing it through that. So, uh, you know, looking back on it now, the Supreme price was paid by their general manager, Jeff Luno, and manager, A.J. Hinch, and all the players get off, uh, basically, with, with nothing. At the same time, um, you know, there is a part of me that does agree with them in that situation. I think that these players are going to have to look at this for the rest of their lives, even on a day where the first full workout is today, and we've talked about this so much. 
Um, you know, the reporters are still, again, talking about it in Palm Beach, and I don't think that this is going to go away anytime soon. But if memory serves me correctly, Frank, you know, we've got, we're on the cusp of putting Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. So it may not be an anytime soon type of deal, but eventually I do think this is going to go away. Um, it'll carry over into the season. It'll carry over on the road. But I do believe at some point we will be talking about uh, some other things. But it is hot right now. Everyone wants to still discuss it, and so that's what we're doing here. For our purposes, diving into more of a fantasy aspect of it, we try to bring you both angles of it, and we you know, are doing our, our due diligence talking about both. But you know, from a fantasy perspective, I'm hoping that you know, a week or two, we're able to put this behind us. Yeah, let's talk about this from a fantasy perspective real quick because I saw Rob Silver at Rob Silver on Twitter uh, over the weekend really kind of raise uh, a good point that he's been hesitant to downgrade Astros hitters for 2020 because of the cheating, but now starting to think of downgrading every Astros hitter uh, and their games played projection for this upcoming season because the number of hit-by-pitches that they're going to see uh, will lead to injuries. So it's completely random. I don't know if we can quantify this, but... Look, if someone takes one up and in and it hits off the hand or hits off the wrist, I mean, we've seen this type of injury happen numerous times throughout the past, you know, throughout the course of baseball, right? But more recently, uh, it seems like we've seen it even more. So is that something that is coming into your mind now, creeping into your mind here, Craig, from a fantasy perspective? Let's kind of bring this back to fantasy baseball, as you mentioned, where if you're trying to project the Astros hitters for this upcoming season, we've heard a lot of pitchers already come out and talk and players come out and talk that there is going to be retaliation this year, that there are going to be, you know, pitchers that are going out there specifically trying to bean some of these, you know, Astros hitters this upcoming season. So when it comes to projecting their games played and the possibility of injury, I mean, we already have that possibility when it comes to someone like Carlos Correa. I mean, the guy who's been oft injured in his career. Uh, is this something that you're looking at doing, taking this more so into account this upcoming season, Craig? little bit from the Vegas perspective on, uh, you know, trying to place a bet and betting against Alex Bregman's home runs or Jose Altuve's hits. And a lot of those props are available at the Westgate in Las Vegas. That makes a little sense because again, Frank, in that particular situation, let's use $20 as an example. Uh, you bet, you know, against that happening, they can come one or two hits short of that or one or two home runs short of that. And you can still win your bet in fantasy. The overall projection can come very close to what you think, and you can still get your value on the player. So uh, I, I don't know if, if that's going to be a factor. I kind of look at it the other way. I'm the contrarian on this, and I think that a few of these guys are going to be supremely motivated to show that everything that went on in 2017 and 18 or whenever it was, that that really didn't play a factor. The numbers on the, on, on the road for some of these guys, it's undeniable how well they performed at home. But in particular for me, it's not that I'm bullish or bearish on any of these guys, but I, I do think that they're probably going to perform very similar, and maybe I'll be wrong. And I'll, you know, in a few months from now, we'll look back on this, and Frank, you, you can say, uh, Craig, look, I mean, you were wrong on all of them. It won't be the, it won't be the last time. It won't be the first time. Uh, but I, I am still in on a lot of these guys. Craig is still in on the Houston Astros for the 2020 fantasy baseball season. All right, when we come back, we'll dive into three up, three down from the weekend. It's fantasy sports today, live on the Sports Grid TV network here on President's Day. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. up must come down three up three down what does three up and three down mean to you airman end of an inning Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today live on the Sports Grid TV network as we like to do every day at this time 11:15 East we like to go three up, three down with the three uh, with three trending up topics and three trending down topics in the world of sports and in fantasy sports as well. Before I jump in, I am just going to give a quick shout out to the NBA All-Star game last night. I was skeptical going in. I didn't know how it was going to work out, resetting the score, putting a target score at the end of the game. I actually think it worked out pretty well. I enjoyed the end of that game, and it was fun. It was entertaining. The guys were playing hard. You don't normally see you know, guys play that hard in the All-Star game, so I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to that. I thought it was really fun. Uh, lots of players still crying, though, and complaining to refs. That's the only complaint that I'll have about that. All right, Craig, let's jump in here. My first trending up topic from the weekend. Just saw, saw this uh, headline earlier today. We've got a best shape of our life alert here, Craig, and I know you love the best shape of my life alert Gene Segura apparently has lost 14 pounds. Kind of interesting where he's going, going very late in NFBC drafts right now. I think that he's someone that can bounce back a little bit in the stolen base department. Maybe he'll give you 15 home runs, 15 stolen bases. Get him as your middle infielder. Good batting average. Again, really good lineup, good ballpark. You know, if he is in the best shape of his life, like he's saying, I think we could get a bit, a bit of a bounce back from Gene Segura. Again, you're getting him at a pretty good value right now in fantasy baseball drafts. My second trending up topic, and we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago. I know he's someone that you're interested in, Craig. Garrett Richards apparently will not be on an innings limit this upcoming season for the San Diego Padres. It's just a matter of health, right, when it comes to Garrett Richards. I remember years ago, maybe five, six years ago, this guy really kind of burst out onto the scene from a fantasy baseball perspective, had really good swing and miss stuff. The strikeouts were there. Struggles with walks at times, but does have some electric stuff. We'll see if he can regain any of that form this upcoming season. They're saying he is not on an innings limit. I guess it's just a matter of how healthy Garrett Richards can stay this upcoming season. Last but not least, shout out to Danny Okers once again. He hit me with the pop culture trending up topic of the day. He hit me with Japanese company bringing, is bringing in cats to counter employee stress. Now, Craig, you know that I'm a cat guy over dogs. And look, if I can have a few kittens around here running around at the FanDuel Sportsbook, get a few kittens on the table over here when I'm getting uh, when I'm getting a little stressed out. You know, we got a little bit of a delay here, Craig. You know, in the meantime, pet a little cat or two, have them run around, relieve some stress. Uh, that's my third trending up topic here. Craig, what do you got when it comes to three up, three down? What are your topics that are trending up here on Monday, February 17th? Do we have Craig Mish? Is Craig Mish with us? Anybody? All right, we'll find out what we got from Craig Mish again. The three trending up topics that I mentioned, Gene Segura has lost uh, 14 pounds. Kind of interesting, again, where he's going in NFBC drafts. Let's take a look at where he's going in NFBC drafts right now. Gene Segura with an ADP of 200.75. 
Going around pick 200. This is someone that was going in the 5th, 6th, 7th round range last year. Someone you thought maybe could give you 10 to 15 home runs, 20 to 25 stolen bases. He let us down in the speed department last year, uh, right around 10 stolen bases, but I think he can bounce back a little bit here. I'm buying in on Gene Segura where he's going at pick 201. You could get him as you know, your middle infielder, maybe a shortstop option if you opt to late on him, uh, wait on the shortstop position this upcoming season. So Gene Segura is someone I'm looking into uh, once again. Uh, Garrett Richards. I mentioned Garrett Richards not going to be on an innings limit this upcoming season for the San Diego Padres. Getting up there in age now, 31 years old. He's going to turn 32 uh, May 27th this upcoming season. And I, and I told you, a couple of years ago, not a couple, more than a couple of years ago, five, six years ago, 2014, 2015, uh, we really saw Garrett Richards put together some really fine seasons, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. You look at the innings pitch since then, 2016, 34 and two-thirds innings pitch. 2017, 27 and two-thirds innings pitch. The last time we saw Garrett Richards, an extended look at him, was in 2018, 76 and a third innings pitched, a 3.66 ERA, a 1.28 WHIP. So we know that he's going to struggle with the WHIP. He averaged over four walks per nine. The strikeouts are going to be there. He averaged over 10 Ks per nine that season. Again, he was working his way back from Tommy John in 2018, which he suffered in 2018. 2019 returned last year, only pitched about eight innings. We saw some uh, swing and miss. With the 11 Ks per nine. Uh, but outside of that, we'll see what kind of player we're getting this upcoming season when it comes to Garrett Richards. And again, my third trending up topic uh, was a Japanese company allows cats to help relieve stress. Uh, I'm a cat guy. We have gone over this on the show before here on Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, and an honorable mention to the NBA All-Star Game. I like what they did with the target score last night in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. You really saw those guys playing hard. Uh, there was a promo during the break. I heard Joe Ranieri talking about Kyle Lowry taking charges. You don't normally see guys play that hard in the All-Star Game. And even in the first couple of quarters, it was lax once again like we're used to seeing. But look, that final quarter where it was a target score... Those guys were out there playing hard, harder than we're used to seeing them play uh, in the All-Star game as well. So we'll see if we get uh, Craig up on the line here. I'm being told that Craig is here on the line. Craig, I just gave out my three up, three uh, my training up stories here of the day, uh, and one of them included the Gene Segura in the best shape of his life. I know that that's something that you were uh, you were very excited about, the best shape of, of their life stories. What do you got training up, Craig? All right, Frank, hopefully you can hear me now. If you can't, then let me know. But <laughs> we'll get started here with a couple I of different things that I want to hit on you. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah, love the best shape, Frank. And I also, uh, you know, I wanted to start off with Miguel Cabrera stating the same thing. Brandon Lau stating the same thing. Chris Davis stating the same thing. We not only have one or two guys having the best shape of their lives, but I think all of them are posing that, and so that certainly is interesting. Um, also, it is really, I mean, it's kind of a bad, but it ended up being good that we have the Daytona 500 on a sleepy Monday, so that is trending up for me as well, and uh, I'll be checking that out later today. And then also, of course, trending up uh, for basically all of everyone who's a baseball fan is having everybody's full squad out on the field today, not just pitchers and catchers. So that was trending up. Sorry I dropped off there. Yeah, no problem, Craig. You know the deal when it comes to fantasy sports today. We'll make it work regardless here. Uh, the trending down topics. It's another best shape of their life story, and it's one that you just brought up. Chris Davis, with a C, says that he has added 
14 pounds of 25 pounds of muscle. The guy said, I mean, uh, he said he was playing too lean. I don't know that that's going to help him ultimately because past couple of seasons, 179 batting average, 168 batting average. But I thought we'd get another best shape of the life in there. Uh, for me, this one is trending down. I, I just don't see how 25 pounds of muscle. I mean, come on, man. This guy's going to show up looking at like one of the Monstars from Space Jam this upcoming season. I'm not sure that that is ultimately going to help Chris Davis here. Trending down as well. Yoannis Cespedes, when asked to speak with the media, no comment. Says he will not be talking to the media this upcoming season. All right, so I guess we'll have to see what happens there. Friend of the program, Tim Healy, we had him on the show recently. Uh, here's what he had to say. Approached by reporters, Yoannis Cespedes declined an interview request. Not today, not tomorrow, not at all this year, he said. He didn't say why, but... Did say he might want to talk to his fans. Uh, then he spritzed some cologne on his uniform pullover and headed outside. So we'll see what's going on with uh, Ioannis Cespedes as well. Uh, and my third and final trending down topic. Look, I'm a Tupac fan. I love Tupac as, as much as the next guy. Changes, Thugs Mansion, Brenda's got a baby. I love it. According to Barstool Sports, uh, there's a documentary coming out that tells us that Tupac is alive for the upteen time here, Craig. Uh, I love Tupac, but... Uh, I think that we could kind of put the Tupac is alive uh, talk to rest here. That's my third and final trending down. What do you got, Craig? All right. So uh, we'll start off trending down for me. The first one is, uh, you know, now I'm going to have to uh, dig between three different shows on Sunday night starting next week. So Better Call Saul is back on the air. You also have The Outsider and you also have Kirby Enthusiasm. So, Frank, like, I don't have a lot of options there. Um, I mean, I guess I'm recording things on Sunday night and going to have to bring them to Monday. So that is obviously not something that I want to do. I want to be able to watch everything at once. So that is trending down for me. Uh, also trending down has got to be the XFL. I, I just It was uh, just a disaster, I thought, yesterday in general. And I uh, can't say that I'm not surprised that this would happen, but they basically can't score any points offensively. Um, you know, all kinds of issues with those games. And uh, the fact that we're, you know, sitting here trying to analyze it from a fantasy perspective, it's just a nightmare. It's minor league football. I mean, are we really going to start minor league baseball fantasy? I don't think so. So uh, with that being said, I think we're almost out of time here. I apologize, Frank, uh, for uh, the difficulty there. But I'll be back at the top of the hour, 12 o'clock Eastern, and we'll dive more into some of these fantasy topics. I appreciate it, Craig, and uh, look forward to you talking to some of those Marlins players out there and seeing what you can find out this upcoming season from a baseball perspective, from a fantasy baseball perspective. Uh, so no worries. Appreciate you coming on here, Craig, and we'll have Craig again at the top of the hour uh, at 12 o'clock to 1230 as well. Coming up later in the show as well, I'll also be joined by MLB Moving Averages. You might have seen this guy on Twitter. If you follow the fantasy baseball community at MLB Moving AVG on Twitter, the guy just does phenomenal work uh, with charts and advanced statistics, and now he's writing with The Athletic. Uh, he just wrote an article this past week about hard contact minus soft contact, uh, if you don't know what that is, we'll get into it a little bit later on. But uh, from a starting pitcher perspective, a lot of times we'll look at batted ball data. From a hitter perspective, he kind of went the other way with it. He's looking at some starting pitchers who took advantage of limiting hard contact and also inducing a lot of soft contact. So that we'll talk to him about that coming up at 11.45 a.m. Eastern Time. In the second hour, I mentioned we'll have Craig Mish at the top again from 12 to 12.30. But then from 12.30 to 12.42... Again, part of the fantasy baseball industry. You've got to follow this guy on Twitter. Matt Williams, at Matt Williams, but instead of the L's in there, we have sevens. So W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. He'll be joining us on Skype, and he's doing these 
uh, 2020 player breakdowns. They're basically threads on Twitter where he dives super deep into specific players and lets you know what he thinks of those players this upcoming season. The players will talk to him about Manny Machado, Brian Reynolds, Ahmed Rosario, Dansby Swanson, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We'll do all of that today here on Fantasy Sports Today. It's President's Day. Everybody else is home sleeping. I'm here working. We'll do it. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Fantasy Sports Today live on the Sports Grid TV network. Sorry for any technical difficulties we might be experiencing right now. Uh, I saw an awesome fantasy baseball experience, uh, exercise rather, uh, over, over the weekend. A lot of the fantasy baseball community kind of jumping in here. And I, I believe it was started by Fantasy Assembly Colin. Uh, if that is not correct, I apologize to whoever started it. You can follow him on Twitter, at Assembly Colin. Uh, and basically what he did was... He put out a list of four kind of super superlatives. Pick a guy who could fall off completely this year. Basically, won't be a thing anymore. Somebody who will finally be a thing. Pick a guy we've been waiting on to reach his full potential. Will be a thing again in the 2020 season. Pick a lesser known guy who can repeat what he did last year in 2019. And then who will be the biggest thing? Pick a guy who can compete for the top spot in fantasy baseball this upcoming season. So I thought this was a really good exercise as well. So I have my four here. I didn't tweet it out, but I figured I'd go over them here on the show today. And I spoke about this a little bit with... Uh, with Craig Miss so far on Fantasy Sports Today. He asked me my thoughts of Corey Kluber recently, and I have concern. Let's be honest, man. I, as someone who's a little bit older now, coming off in injury last year, I understand the line drive was a fluke. He ended up you know, breaking his arm. He tried to rush back, uh, and he hurt his oblique as well. So won't be a thing anymore. For me, this upcoming season is Corey Kluber. I, I'm not going to have any shares of Corey Kluber this upcoming season. Uh, if you are somebody who does like Corey Kluber and, and likes the possibility of a bounce back here with the Texas Rangers, uh, then now is the time to buy into him because you're getting him in the fifth, sixth, sometimes seventh round range of drafts. Whereas in years past, you know he was a staple in fantasy baseball. He was a, easily a top. 12 starting pitcher, won the Cy Young just a couple of seasons ago, but yeah, I was worried about what we saw even before he got injured last year. So let's look at this a little bit. Last year, in seven starts before getting hurt, a 5.80 ERA, 4.88 XFIP, over a strikeout per inning that's still very good. The control, not nearly as good as it has been. He was up to 3.8 walks per nine in the first seven starts last year. Strikeout rate, 
down to 22.6% last year for Corey Kluber. That was his lowest amount since 2013. And we saw towards the end of 2018 some of the skills starting to erode a little bit for Corey Kluber uh, as well. Let's take a look at this. From 2011 through 2017, his hard contact rate was 27.4%. 2018 and 2019, so going back to 2018 again where he was still really good. The past two seasons for Corey Kluber, a 36.7% hard contact rate. So that's up about 9 percentage points more than where it had been from 2011 to 2017. So he's allowing more hard contact, not getting as many strikeouts. He was walking more guys last year. The velocity starting to come back a little bit. And the Texas Rangers basically uh, traded nothing away to get him from the Cleveland Indians. So maybe it was just a salary dump, and that's why the Cleveland Indians weren't able to demand more for Corey Kluber. But they basically gave him up uh, for nothing last season. So Corey Kluber uh, won't be a thing anymore. That's who I'm choosing. Corey Kluber, uh, I'm not going to have any shares of him this upcoming season from a fantasy baseball perspective. Let's stick with the Texas Rangers, right? And someone who I've mentioned already on this show, if you watch the fantasy BFFs over the past couple of seasons with myself and Greg Sussman here on the Sports Grid Network, you know that somebody I am in on is Willie Calhoun. So when it comes to will finally be a thing, in 2020. Pick a guy that we've been waiting for to reach his full potential. For me, that player is Willie Calhoun this upcoming season. And you look at the NFBC ADP right now, going around pick 170. So you're getting him in that round 11, 12, 13 range of 15 team drafts. Uh, Willie Calhoun was someone who came over from the Dodgers a couple years ago in the U Darvish trade when U Darvish was traded, traded from the Rangers to the Los Angeles Dodgers last season. And look at what he did last year in a limited sample. 83 games. Hit 269, 21 home runs, 51 runs scored, 48 RBIs. Someone who typically makes a ton of contact. In a day and age in baseball where so many people are striking out at a massive rate, he struck out 15.7% of the time. League average is right around 20, 21%. Uh, and in his career, 17% strikeout rate. That's consistent with his minor league profile. You look at those minor league numbers, Willie Calhoun's someone who typically hits for a high batting average. He makes good contact. And he can hit for power as well. Let's look back at 2016 when he hit... You know, 27 home runs in 132 games at AA. The very next year, 2017 at AAA, hit 298 with a 931 OPS in AAA with 23 home runs and only 99 games played. You ask me what the ceiling is this upcoming season for Willie Calhoun? Again, this is the first year where he doesn't have to worry about playing time, where he has a starting role from the get-go. It going into training camp, going into spring training this upcoming season for the Texas Rangers. I think he's someone that can hit for a 280 or better batting average. Someone that can hit 30 to 35 home runs. And you're probably saying, yeah, well, you can find that power uh, throughout the course of the draft. You can find guys who are going to hit, you know, 40, uh, 35 home runs, 40 home runs. But are they going to help you with the batting average? That's something you have to ask yourself as well. Uh, Willie Calhoun will finally be a thing someone I think can finally reach his full potential. Will be a thing again in 2020. Pick a lesser-known guy who can repeat what he did in 2019. I'm looking at Mark Canna of the Oakland A's, someone who 
has kind of been looked at as a platoon bat the past couple of seasons with the Oakland A's. Uh, seems like he's going to be batting in the middle of that lineup. A uh, very good lineup as well. One that you know includes a bounce back in Chris Davis with a K. One that has Matt Olson, has you know MVP, AL MVP finalist. Marcus Semien in it as well. And I think that Mark Cannon is going to hit in the middle of that order. You look at what he did last year. Again, in only 83 games, 269, 21 home runs. And he is dirt cheap right now in the NFBC. Mark Cannon's ADP this upcoming season, 258. So you can get this guy as your fourth, fifth outfielder in a 15-team league. Uh, and you look at what he did last year. Someone who typically mashes against left-handed pitching. Against righties, he had 297. With a 966 OPS with 18 of his 26 home runs coming against right-handed pitching against lefties last year. He actually struggled a little bit, 221, uh, but did have an 800 OPS. So I would expect him to bounce back against lefties again this upcoming season. Maybe regress a little bit against the right-handed pitching. Uh, but if you're looking for someone that can maybe hit you 270 with 25 to 30 home runs in the middle of a good lineup as well. He's not going to give you anything on the stolen bases, uh, but someone that could give you modest power without hurting your batting average. Uh, I think Mark Canna is a lesser-known player who can repeat what he did in 2019 uh, this upcoming season in the 2020 season. Last but not least, will be the biggest thing. Who will be the biggest thing in fantasy baseball in the 2020 season? Pick a guy who can compete for the top spot. Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres. And look at what he did last year as a 20-year-old. I mean, he took the league by storm. Uh, now 21 years old, just turned 21 here in January. And the skills were just off the charts. 22 home runs. 16 stolen bases in only 84 games. Now, I'm not going to fall down that, that trap of just kind of doubling his numbers, what we saw last year, and say, oh, well, he hit 22 home runs and he stole 16 bases in 84 games. You know, that means he's going to hit 40 home runs and he's going to steal 30 bases. No, I mean, that's not what I'm saying he's going to do this upcoming season. You have to be realistic uh, when you're projecting Fernando Tatis for this upcoming year. And he did have a 410 Babbitt, right? So 410 is... Insane, if we're being honest. Like, league average is, you know, around 300, 310. You know, if you do hit a lot of line drives, if you are a fast hitter, maybe you can maintain the 350, 360 Babbitt at best. I mean, 410 is is really something for Fernando Tatis last year. So, yeah, I think that the batting average is going to come down a little bit from 317. But when people look at Fernando Tatis, they look at what they saw from Ronald Acuna a couple of years ago, a guy who has uh, unlimited amount of potential, has the prospect pedigree. Yes, he might struggle with strikeouts a little bit, but that power-speed combination. And now look at where we're drafting Ronald Acuna. He's going first overall. He's going over Mike Trout. Now, maybe we could save that discussion for another day. I'll ask Craig what he thinks uh, on Ronald Acuna versus Mike Trout at some point. But if you look I think the, the profile is similar between someone like Fernando Tatis and Ronald Acuna, uh, and they're hoping that you can get something similar again uh, from what we saw from Ronald Acuna out of Fernando Tatis Jr. this upcoming season. So I think that he actually does have that potential. We'll have to see if he can reach that this upcoming season. Has to cut down on the strikeouts uh, a little bit here as well in the 2020 season. Um, but again, a good lineup with the San Diego Padres here. Um, I'm excited about what Fernando Tatis can do this upcoming season. We'll talk more with MLB Moving Averages up next here on FSC. DailyRoto.com. 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. We're going to talk a little fantasy baseball here. I mentioned that we were going to try to get uh, MLB moving averages on the show, but we are dealing with some te technical difficulties right now. So if we can, we'll get them on later in the show. Uh, but for now, you know, I'll take a look at a draft champions draft that I am participating in right now as well. I wrapped up one that I was doing last week, uh, and much to the chagrin of Craig Mish, I know that he hates early drafts. I had to jump in on another one. Like I told Craig, I have to have a draft going at all times. There, there's just something wrong with me. I, I've got to see where players are going, how things are changing in terms of ADP as well. Uh, and you know what? One of those things that happened over the weekend uh, on Friday, and we spoke about this, was the Mike Clevenger injury. So we might as well start there, and I'll let you know where he went in this draft and where he's gone uh, since Friday. So from Friday through Sunday, uh, with a bunch of drafts going on, draft champions leagues taking place. There's a lot of NFBC online championships taking place as well. You know, let's see where Mike Clevenger dropped in terms of his ADP. So I'm looking at the draft that I'm currently participating in. Again, this is a 15-team rotisserie draft over at the NFBC, a draft and hold format. And Mike Clevenger goes pick 3-7. So pick 37 off the board as the SP 13. Right, so we had Garrett Cole and DeGrom in the first round, Walker Bueller as well, uh, Verlander, Scherzer, Shane Bieber, Blake Snell, Jack Flaherty, Steven Strasburg, Chris Hale, Patrick Corbin, and Luis Castillo go. Uh, Corbin and Castillo go in the early third round. And then we see Mike Clevenger go there in the middle of the third round. The latest that we have on Clevenger is that he's expected to miss four to six weeks, maybe it lasts six to eight weeks. Again, uh, he has a torn meniscus on his left knee. That is his plant leg when it comes to pitching, obviously, as a right-handed pitcher. Uh, and Clevenger already has that violent delivery, um, kind of has like that hunchback delivery, and he's dealt with a lot of injuries uh, in the majors so far. He's only gone 200 innings pitched once. He did that back in 2018. Last year, he was limited with a back injury uh, and wound up pitching 126 innings with the Cleveland Indians. So, you know, we're trying to project for this upcoming year, right? And figure out, you know, how many innings, how many starts are we going to get out of Clevenger this upcoming year? Well, last year, he finished as the SP 18 overall in Roto Leagues, which is 126 innings pitched. Now, I've seen projections put him at 23 starts this upcoming year, 24 starts this upcoming year. If he makes 23 or 24 starts here in 2020, he's probably going to give you somewhere close to 140 innings, maybe 150 innings. And if that's the case, all right, I mean, why can't he return top 20 starting pitcher value? He did it last year with just 126 innings pitched. There's no denying that when he is on the field, Mike Clevenger is one of the 
better starting pitchers. I mean, he was, you know, a top seven, top eight starting pitcher being drafted off the board and at BC Leagues right now. And look at what he's done since 2017. A 2.96 ERA, a 1.15 WHIP at the major league level. Last year, we saw some struggles when he first returned from injury. Uh, you know, I think that he was getting his legs underneath him again, uh, getting back uh, into the role of uh, that Cleveland Indians rotation. Uh, but once he started to get things going once again, from July 3rd through September 24th, a 16 start stretch for Mike Clevenger, a 1.76 ERA, a 2.98 xFIP. A 102 whip, nearly 12 Ks per nine, 2.2 walks per nine, just 33% hard contact, and the skills were really good too. 15% swinging strike rate, a 32% chase rate as well. So there's a lot to like when it comes to uh, Mike Clevenger. He has the fastball that he uses, throws mid-90s, uh, slider 26% of the time, uses a curve, uses a changeup as well. So if you can get... Uh, Mike Clevenger, if you get 140 innings out of him this upcoming season, he should be able to return you know, top 20 starting pitcher value. The problem is I just don't think that he's slipping far enough down draft boards right now. If you think that he should go in that range, you know, as still as a top 15 starting pitcher, again, the ADP uh, in the drafts um, from this weekend, from Friday through Sunday, his ADP was 36. So that puts him at around, you know, SP10. In NFBC ADP, again, you know, some pitchers were pulled up the draft board ahead of him in my draft. He went off uh, as the SP13. We're not going to call John. If we can connect him later on in the show, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make that happen. But uh, for now, we're just going to continue to close out the hour here on Fantasy Sports. Today, we'll have Craig Mish coming up at the top of the hour as well. Uh, to me, Mike Clevenger is still going a little bit too high. Uh, if he slips maybe into that fourth round range when it comes to drafts, uh, maybe he's someone that I could look in on buying, and there can be value for this upcoming season. You like what you see from Clev, but... You do have questions when it comes to the durability, uh, and you really don't want to start with too many guys hurt from the get-go on your team because, you know, I mean, we still have a lot of time in spring training. We might see a few more injuries take place uh, as well. Speaking of injuries, uh, Chris Sale, again, trying to return from that elbow injury from last year, apparently getting a delay in camp because of an illness. Uh, I don't know how uh, legitimate that is, but I guess we'll have to see, you know, this upcoming week, you know, how much Chris Sale uh, is doing here, where the velocity is at. We have games that start on Friday, guys. We have legitimate spring training games that start this Friday, February 21st. I believe there's like one or two games, and there's a few, you know, split squads going up against college uh, teams as well. But then Saturday is the day, this Saturday, February 22nd, where you're really going to see every team in action. We'll have some split squads as well. Uh, but we'll be paying close attention to Chris Sale, uh, again, saying that he's dealing with an illness, that everything's all right, uh, that he should be good to go. Again, we want to pay attention to the elbow. Where's the velocity at for Chris Sale this upcoming season? He's already frail as it is. You look at the, the frame for a Chris Sale, and you have some worry, and he's had durability concerns the past couple of seasons. The strikeouts were still there last year. The skills were still there for Chris Sale last year. But the underlying numbers uh, the underlying numbers were there, but the, the actual numbers just weren't. The guy pitched to an ERA over four. He was getting slapped around. He was leaving pitches up in the middle of the zone. I remember I had Chris Sale in my main event team last year, and I kept waiting for him to turn it around. And there was a good stretch where you thought it was happening, where the velo was up a little bit, the strikeout started to come back. But then 
once we got into June, July, we started to see some of those things come back again, and then it came out he was dealing with an elbow injury uh, and goes to visit Dr. James Andrews. He gets shut down for the season, uh, and you're not getting a discount on Chris Sale either. You talk about Clevenger, who's still being drafted as a top 15 starting pitcher, even with this injury. Chris Sale uh, is going off the board right now at pick 33, just behind Blake Snell, just behind Steven Strasburg, uh, and just ahead of the Luis Castillo range of the Patrick Corbin. So we'll have to pay attention to Chris Sale throughout spring training and see you know, what's going on with his velocity. I mentioned that I'm doing a draft right now. I'll kind of just run you through you know, some of the picks that I've made so far uh, here. I, I wound up with the fifth pick in this draft out of 15 teams, and I've mentioned this on this show on Fantasy BFFs, that if I can grab one of those aces, a Garrett Cole or a Jacob deGrom, with the fifth pick, with the sixth pick, uh, I, I'm going to do that because I think that you can get hitter value in the second and third round who might be able to pay off first-round value. Guys that were being drafted as first-rounders just last year or near first-rounders just last year. Uh, and that's ultimately what I ended up doing with the fifth pick. Uh, the first four picks we saw go off the board, Ronald Acuna, Christian Yelich, Mike Trout, Garrett Cole went fourth. Uh, and then I ended up taking Jacob deGrom here as well, followed by Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. There seems to be a consensus top seven picks, uh, at least from a Roto perspective, this upcoming season in fantasy baseball. I mentioned in the second round, I like to take Jacob deGrom because normally you can get hitter values that could provide first-round value that in the second round, right? In that second, third-round range that I thought that we could get paired with Jacob deGrom. Here's one of the things that's not being talked about when it comes to Clevenger. With Clevenger falling down the board, that means someone has to move up the board. And as a result, if you were hoping to get one of those hitters in the mid to late second round where they were going earlier, someone like a J.D. Martinez, maybe a Rafael Devers, maybe a Bryce Harper as well, those guys are all moving up the draft board now because Mike Clevenger's falling. So I, by, it came, by the time it came to my pick, in the second round, pick 26, those guys were gone. Harper, Judge, Rendon, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, these guys were all gone. The best hitter available was Starling Marte. Seemed a little bit early to pull him up the board there to pick 26. Uh, and then, of course, you have that group of Ozzy Albies. You have Pete Alonso. You have Gleyber Torres. Uh, so we opted to just double down on starting pitching. Go with the pocket aces strategy uh, and ended up taking Blake Snell. Jacob DeGrom and Blake Snell came back around here in the third round and started off our first hitter, kind of built that foundation out with Javier Baez. I don't understand what people are seeing with Javier Baez right now. His ADP is you know, going in that mid to late third round range right now in the uh, month of February, pick 39. Pick 39 in the NFBC. So if you play in a 15-teamer, that's you know late third round. If you play in a 12-team league, he's a fourth-round pick. Javier Baez is somebody who was going as a borderline first-round pick last year because of what he can do from a power and speed perspective. Now, the guy has terrible plate discipline. There's no doubt about that. I have doubted Javier Baez in the past. You'll see his swinging strike rate you know, rank amongst the league leaders, uh, and league leaders in a bad way, meaning, meaning it's the highest in the league, uh, so league worst, with guys like Joey Gallo, you know, guys that strike out 35% of the time. His play discipline's not good. He's not going to walk all that much either. So if you play in a points league, Javier Baez is not a player that you want to target. But from a Roto perspective, the guy is consistent, consistently hitting between 270 and 290. 
He's going to give you 30 home runs. He's going to give you 15 stolen bases. He's going to help you with runs and RBIs. Say what you want about the Chicago Cubs. Joe Madden no longer with the team. The lineup is still pretty good. They're looking to trade away Chris Bryant. We'll see what happens there. But if they trade away Chris Bryant, they're talking about doing it to Colorado to try and get back Nolan Arenado. So this Cubs lineup is still a really good one. Javier Baez, to me, is a no-brainer going in that third-round range. Someone that you can look at if you start off with that pocket aces strategy. All right, coming up here in Hour 2, Craig Mish will join us again on the line from 12 to 12.30. We'll have some other guests as well. It's Fantasy Sports Today live on the Sports Grid TV Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.